Welcome to the suburbs with Andy and Greg. Have you ever had somebody call you and then come in for a session and it was all just in their mind and the talent was just nowhere near your time? Many sessions are like that. Really? Yeah. You have to be respectful of the person that wants to give you money for your services. Mm-hmm. I would always say that being a courting engineer was 10% technology and 90% psychology. Oh, that's good. So yeah. you would have to be, as they're out there doing what they do, whatever that might have been, <laughs> finding the right words of encouragement <laughs> or reflection. <laughs> and we'd always would use the classic line of when they were done with the take, you're not quite sure what to say or how to react. You say, come on in, let's listen. Oh. So as they're walking from the studio to the control room, you're, you're coming up with, how can I get through this? What can I say to help them let them know this is going well, in our opinions? You know what's, what that's similar to? Tell me. When uh, someone invites you over to see their baby... And it's an ugly baby. <laughs> you got to see the baby. Yeah. I just say, you must be so proud. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it's beautiful if that thing looks like something from Alien. Kramer said, it looks like Winston Churchill. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So uh, that reminds me. So the woman I eulogized, uh-huh. she had one grandkid. That son was the light of her life. And when he was really little... He had not grown into his head yet. He was the big head. Big head, big head little, little body. body. Gotcha. Yeah. And and now I can't think of who was it that played Raymond's dad in Everybody Loves Raymond. What was his name? Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. So this was my first reaction. I hadn't seen this kid since he was an infant. I'm over there, and she's just ugh, the proud grandma full of glee. And I go, you know who he reminds me of? And she goes... No, who? And I said, Peter Boyle. And she goes, Peter Boyle, who is that? And I said, he's the actor that played young Frankenstein. <laughs> and she goes, are you saying that my grandchild looks like Frankenstein? <laughs> no, young Frankenstein. No. <laughs> and you know, it's Frankenstein. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Yes, it was. That's right. So Halloween, every year at Halloween, my girls wanted to be princesses. This is Halloween. I go, are you going to be a princess with a bolt sticking out of your neck? <laughs> and they're, they're like, no. A murdered princess with an axe in their head. <laughs> yes. Now that's Halloween. Yes. That is, that's an okay princess. But if you're just going to be a princess, that's not scary. Mm-mm. Dad. So fast forward to the next year. I want to be a butterfly. Are you going to be a butterfly with a mangled wing? No. <laughs> no wings. <laughs> be a caterpillar. <laughs> That's not a good Halloween thing. So I decide they're going to be the princess. I'm going to be a witch. And Keely's got too much to do. So I'm like, okay, I've got to be able to make this witch outfit with like zero sewing skills. We talked, I think, maybe in the first or second episode about home ec. <laughs> you could use a stapler. No, well, I could have, yeah, I, but I didn't. What I did was I bought black drapes, 
mm-hmm. and then I cut a neck hole, put it on, and I marked how to make the arms from the drapes, made a hat, mm-hmm. put on makeup, and had big, long fingernails, and I was a witch. Peace out, witches. <laughs> I can do ugly woman all day long. All day long. It's one of your strong suits. Yeah, it is. The whole reason I brought that up, I was thinking about holidays. Do you do anything for 4th of July? Typically, no. Sit inside. Stay away from the fireworks. One time when I was doing open mics, knew I was going to end up traveling and doing stand-up at a retail job. The store manager, she was here as a transplant, had no family, had no nothing going on. I kind of took her under my wing, show her the culture of Indianapolis at different times. So we went to the track during the month of May and we would get together and do different things. And so I said, well, let's go downtown and watch the fireworks. She decides that she's going to buy crab legs and steak. And so my roommate and some other friends are there. And I'm the designated driver to go downtown to watch these fireworks. And it is like gridlock after the fireworks go off. Oh, sure. And they had had started drinking before dinner. (laughs) So I'm the sober one in the group. And it's like leaving the track after the 500. I mean, there are several hundred thousand people downtown. They say after a quarter million. There we are stuck in that. And her name is Anne, and Anne decides to go up to people and interview them about what the 4th of July means to them. She's holding her hand like she's holding a microphone. The invisible mic. Yeah, and she's talking into her invisible microphone. Tell me what the 4th of July means to you. And she's out on the sidewalk interviewing people, and they're talking back into her <laughs> They're as drunk as she is. <laughs> and they're giving her real answer. Freedom for everyone. God bless America. Everyone feels so good. <laughs> the whole time that we were in gridlock, we'd moved forward far enough that we got a new crop of people. And there she is talking into the invisible microphone, <laughs> holding it out for them. And they're answering with thoughtful answers. That's the part that gets me is the whole thing. I mean, it was totally Emperor's New Clothes, and they went right along with it. It was kind of sweet and kind of ridiculous at the same time. We used to have a friend that lived up in Westfield that used to have a 4th of July event every year, and we went a few times. He was one of these you know, big kids that never grew out of the love of fireworks or incinerary devices, and so he'd spend a grand on fireworks, and he would create this 2 by 4 plank that had all everything attached to it and he had it all kind of timed out and he would fire these things off in sequence and one of the planks he had <laughs> the thing went off fell forward and he launched it right into the side of the house <laughs> the vinyl siding on fire you know during his display oh that was cool it's getting the hose and putting out the fire <laughs> and his wife was not happy Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> you big idiot. <laughs> We're just sort of watching these things go off, and all of a sudden this thing just falls over as it launches. <laughs> now, that was fun. <laughs> Do that again. Yeah. Another one of those, please. For weeks, there was just a big burn spot uh, on the side of the house, so they get somebody out to replace the siding. Probably blame the wind. Oh, did he? The yeah, wind caught it. <laughs> Obviously, a good time to be shooting off fireworks is during the wind. (laughs) Maybe you could do it in the fall, too, with all the brown leaves. Now that's a thought. Fourth of July weekend, and I think Fourth of July was on a Sunday at the time. You with me? No, I'm not paying attention at all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
Just thing on. So, <laughs> I think you need to shuffle the deck of cards. What are you playing? You playing solitaire over there? <laughs> Go fish. <laughs> Which is not a contact sport. Oh, uh, go fish. Yeah, or fishing. On that note. I had a friend come up to the lake, college friend. I was at his house when USA beat the Russians in hockey. He was a drummer. Like him already. So I'd known him since middle school. He comes up to the lake, and he really wants to go fishing. Okay, we got to do this, like, fishing 101. Let's fish for catfish. Let's take the pontoon boat out Mm. and fish at the drop-off in the evening as we're going from light to dark when the catfish come out of the weeds and go up into the shallows to feed. So his first cast, he's trying to cast so hard, he casts himself out of the boat. <laughs> Oops. And as, as, he's, as he's going over, I grab him by the ankle so that he doesn't go totally in, mm-hmm. which slams him into the outside of the railing and doors and everything. He still held on to the fishing rod. And I pulled him in, and no harm, no foul. Did he have a fish? Well, he had just cast. Oh, so oh. <laughs> he was casting. He didn't hit the fish in the mouth like my friend did. <laughs> no. So staying with the fishing theme for a second, the friend of mine that broke up with me in the 10-page letter. Yes. He, he, he scowled when he said that. So interpret the scowl. It was unnecessary. Oh, the 10-page letter yeah. was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd- totally. I mean, I can't see how you could turn anybody off enough to write for 10 pages. Well, he all he went all the way back to high school. I know. That's what I mean. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of angst. It is a lot of angst. It is. I mean, I could see maybe a three-page letter. <laughs> Double space. Just, just stuff that you've collected yeah. since we've been doing the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> the river that runs through Indianapolis is White River. And nothing like the Columbia near Boardman. I'm sure the Columbia is way cooler. It's a pretty boring river. White River? Yeah. I mean, it goes through farmland. It's like Anne that that went to the uh, 4th of July with us. Mm -hmm. She looks at the river and she goes, why is it brown? (laughs) And after all, it is the White River. I know. It's the White River. Why is it brown? Well, because it just goes through farm fields. We're down in southern Indiana and the Eel River and the White River converge. Did not know that. And there is a deep hole there. We would anchor the boat so that it was going across the river and near that deep hole. So the catfish would come up from the deep to the shallows to feed. And we've had moderate success, nothing in the 30-pound range or anything. And then all of a sudden, my bass rod just like bends like it's going to break in half and launches out of the boat like a javelin that was thrown by gone <laughs> gone oh my goodness like i'm watching it go through the air probably went 20 feet it was like sprawling like it was shot out of a cannon gone hits the water okay expensive rig i bet and i look at my friend and he looks at me and he just goes wow <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that sucks yeah it does i go oh man i can't believe that was my bass rod and he's like yeah and i'm bummed at that point so it's gone 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 oh so this there's not like there's a moral of the story that that the fish brought it back to you 
and handed it back. He's like, I, you know what? I'm I so sorry <laughs> I took this. I should have paid for it first. You know, his mom's with him, kind of by the ear. <laughs> by the gill. <laughs> yeah. <right>. You take <laughs> that back. <laughs> right. You did not pay for that. Where'd you get that fishing rod? So we're talking, and I'm, and I'm starting to like ease into the idea of, okay, my rod is gone. I get a hit on the other one. Click, 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 click. So... I set the hook. I'm, I'm fighting this fish. Yeah. Great fight. Big fish. Exactly what we were looking for. Maybe a 15-minute fight of this fish, and I get it up to the side of the boat, and my other rod appears. He reaches over. I grab the rod from the water. I hand that rod to him, and I've got the other rod, and I'm reeling it in, and... What ended up happening was the second rod, the one that I thought I caught the fish on, Mm -hmm. was just wrapped around the line from the rod (laughs) of my original bass rod that was gone, and I got it back, and I caught that fish, and it was a 30-pound flathead. So it's win-win-win. Win-win-win. Wow. There is a happy ending. There was. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was one of those weird universes in my favor that night. Catch the fish that got away, caught the rod that got away. We're all happy. When we were kids, my great uncle had a summer home in Highlands, North Carolina, and we would go there and visit it. Cool A-frame house, and it had fish, maybe goldfish. I'm not sure what it was, but it was super stock. Koi. You got to be fancy. They can't be goldfish. They have to be koi. I don't know what they were. Don't be koi. Benadryl had worn off (laughs) (laughs) upon arrival. So he he had those bamboo fishing poles. Oh, yeah. And... (laughs) He had like these little pellets, like fish food pellets that she would just hang the hook over the water and like piranhas. These things would like (laughs) jump onto the hook. The easiest fishing known to man. So my dad was born in Acorn, Kentucky on the Big South Fork of the Cumberland River. It is just hollers. They call them hollers. Grandfather was a sharecropper. His grandmother's house did not have a road to it. They had to go through the woods. Just ruts where the tires go. No, a cabin in the woods. By a creek, no road. Crick. Crick, yes, absolutely. See. Yes. He took us down. I was in high school, and we went down, and he wanted to find the house where he was born and meet the family. We're going through the woods, and there was a guy named Lester who drank, um, it's not diesel fuel, kerosene. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> Okay, tell me that this would happen in 2023. Keeping kerosene in a ball jar in the house. As a beverage? (laughs) (laughs) Or just in general? Well, that wasn't the intention, but that's how it was used. And so then that kid is just like not right for the rest of his life. So he's the bag boy at the grocery store for the rest of his life. He's the kid with the banjo on the side of the river. (laughs) Yes. And so I had one of those in my family. His name was Lester. Lester had a steering wheel from an old Model T car, and he would be a car. (laughs) And so he would, he's holding the steering wheel, and he's like running down the road, and they wouldn't see him for hours. And he'd come back racing back down the road. So one day they could hear, and he's making the noise. But they don't see him, and he doesn't appear. And he came back, and he said he had been stuck in a ditch. (laughs) (laughs) 
What have you been up to? We have heard you. We haven't seen you. I was stuck in a ditch. <laughs> I was changing my spark plugs. <laughs> so they're taking us on this tour of this farm, which is a woods. It's not really a farm. And there are these jugs in the trees. And my grandmother's side of the family, they were moonshiners. That's a dry county. Sure. And and so I'm looking at these jugs in the trees, and I'm like, are these marking where there's moonshine like hidden around and they know to look for the jug in the tree what what is it up there and she said i don't know i'll ask and so rayford is the dad and she asked rayford what the deal is with the jugs and he said oh they got dead snakes in them <laughs> well you kill a snake and if you leave it on the ground and the chickens pick the maggots off of the snake they won't lay eggs <laughs> So we put we put the snakes in a jug and hike it up there in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> a city boy like me is trying to process this. <laughs> <laughs> so was I at the time. I got long hair. I'm barefooted. I'm like the flower child out there. Snakes. So, so we go further back in the woods. There was this hand-dug pond that my grandfather had helped him dig there's this big flat slanted boulder going into the water and he picks up another rock and starts banging the one that goes into the water and the fish come up no because they know that if he bangs on the rock they're going to get fed wow that was so cool the fish whisperer kind of yes (laughs) (laughs) the snake whisperer i'm gonna kill you and then put you in a jug When I turned 50, we went to New York and Florida for my 50th birthday. Went to New York to see a couple shows and have a couple nice dinners, and then went down to see my mom and dad in Florida. This was 2009, so this is when they had the big SARS scare, the bird flu. Yes. And we were in the airport waiting to fly out to New York. and The metal bird. People were hacking and coughing and... There were people wearing masks, and of course, we thought, well, how ridiculous is that? Look at those silly people wearing masks. Isn't that every flight? Don't you get one crying baby and two people hacking on the flight? Yes, absolutely. Somewhere between New York and Florida, I catch a cold. Okay. So, Like in the air as you're going? Somewhere along the way, I get sick. How many days is the span? I mean, was this like during the... Probably a week, probably. Okay. Or maybe four days, I don't know. So it wasn't within the 24-hour... No. Okay. No. <laughs> anyway, so I catch a cold, and so now I get to my parents' house, not feeling well, and so it's kind of put a damper on the whole trip. And so we were flying out of, I think, Sarasota back to Indy, and there are thunderstorms in Atlanta... So we're delayed, 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 delayed. We finally get out of, get to Atlanta and miss our connecting flight to Indy. Don't you love the way that they route flights? That Charlie Danielson go to LA via Omaha? Exactly. I mean, that's like, uh, unless you fly direct, you are doing that. It's going to happen. Yes. So now here I'm still with a cold, not feeling well. Missed our flight to Indy. And so the airline is going to put us up in a hotel. Magic fingers? <laughs> no magic fingers. They take us to the the highest crime area of Atlanta, I believe, in a bus. Drop us off with a little packet with a t-shirt and a toothbrush. See you in the morning. And a sign saying, I don't have any money. Please right. don't, yeah, don't kill me. Yeah. This hotel was so horrible. We just laid on the bedspread in our clothes. Uh. People were banging on the door. 
On your door? Yeah, our door. Okay. I'm not sure what they wanted uh, <laughs> to kill us. I don't know. You got any snakes? <laughs> <laughs> you got a jug in there? <laughs> we had to get up at 4 to be to the airport for a 6 o'clock flight. Mm-hmm. And prior to us leaving Indianapolis for this trip, we had just opened our pool for the very first time as far as chemicals and getting the system up and running. We just put it in the previous fall. That was sort of looming that we you know get home and check out the new pool. So we get home. Very little sleep, if any. I'm sick. I go open the pool cover, rolls back, and it's a swamp. Sweet. Complete with beavers. <laughs> I'm on the phone to the pool company, mad as a hatter, raising hell, yelling and screaming. And they send somebody out with probably 50 gallons of chlorine. Nice. Just shocked the hell out of it. Killed the fish. <laughs> and they discovered <laughs> that when they turned the system on, Prior to us leaving town, they had done something wrong. Planted willow trees in it. (laughs) Hi, this is Andy. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share. Remember, laughter is contagious. Help us spread it by telling a friend.